Seltzer Kings podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, I'm Gavin St. James, the junior producer of What the Hell Were You Thinking? It's October, that can only mean one thing. The drunk idiot is going to tell you a bunch of lurid tales about murder and ghosts because he thinks they are scary. I'll tell you what's scary, working with that man. Terrifying. So without further ado, I present to you Spooktacular 2021. The only thing scarier is real life. Don't get your knickers in a twist because I mentioned London so much this week, Gavin. It's only because so many terrible, awful things have happened there. Ass. The following podcast contains... You used to be a kind, loving man, and now you're a foul-mouthed monster! Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When your mass transit system is so bad that seeing the dead walk on the train is actually kind of cool. What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 334, Undead on a Downtown Train edition of the show, where we talk about ghost trains and other hauntings of mass transit. It's all part of Spooktacular 2021. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the creepy guy at the end of the car. Is he masturbating or does he have a nervous condition that makes him twitch like that? Creepy guy is a mass transit staple across the country and around the world and our operatives are in place to make you feel uncomfortable and slightly suspicious that they might be working their gherkin. Creepy guys aren't just guys, sometimes they're women that aren't doing anything you can put their finger on but something about them just seems off. That's the creepy guy guarantee. You'll never know for sure what we're doing, but it sure seems strange to you. If your mass transit agency is interested in hiring a creepy guy at the end of the car, simply reach out to us by walking in a circle and shouting while waving your arms in your hand. Any mass transit platform and one of our people will be in touch. The creepy guy at the end of the car. He's probably jerking off, but you can never really be sure. Hey! Where's the engineer? Been waiting all night long. Better show up soon. I'm gonna have to say so what? Been waiting on the haunted train. That's it! I'm out of here! This is ridiculous! There is no haunted train, there is no mad engineer, and you two chuckleheads are driving me nuts! And stop playing that harmonica! I'm not playing that harmonica. I like to think of myself as a steel rail man because, you know, I was born in a railroad town. 
admittedly. But the town was literally built by the railroad back when America did things like build towns and railroads. My maternal grandfather was a switchman on the L&N Railroad for a while, and I've taken a several excessively long Antrap trips when a plane would be faster and easier. And to top that off, I know pretty much all the words to Arlo Guthrie's City of New Orleans. Riding on the city of New Orleans Illinois Central Monday morning rail Fifteen cars and fifteen restless riders Three conductors and twenty-five sacks of mail I'll sing the whole damn song. What I'm saying is I know what for when it comes to talking trains. Which is why this week's spooktacular episode is all about ghost stories in and around the New York City subway system, which seemed like a great idea when I thought of it. How did that work out for you? Yeah, it turns out that the only horror stories about the New York City subway systems revolve around the service and the other people on the train, which is totally understandable. I mean, unless you've experienced the horror of sitting in a car minding your own damn business when when suddenly three dudes, two with the guitars and one with an accordion walk on, you simply don't know fear. And for the next three minutes, you're about to be blasted with ear-splittingly loud and Tonally hideous mariachi music by three dudes that have only been practicing performing together since the first car of the train they got on. But even as bad as that is, and trust me, it's bad, it cannot hold a candle to the creeping existential dread that comes with hearing someone shout out, It's showtime! You think you know fear, but you know nothing! until you've had a young man wearing baggy sweats swing wildly over your head and come perilously close to planting their expensive Nike into your face. A person who does not want to see them do this and is simply trying to play solitaire on your phone. That is a fucking horror story. Still, it's October. I managed to find a couple of haunted subway tales here in the Big Apple to fit the theme. For example... There are those who say that a phantom train makes stops along the sixth line at the Astor Place Station in the East Village. There are ghosts and spirits all over the place. Oh, yeah. You see, some people say that in the late evenings, when things are quiet and still, they see the apparition of an antique car arrive on the sixth platform and discharge passengers dressed as though they were stepping out of the 1910s and immediately vanish as the train silently pulls away from the station. Some believe the train people see is the private car of August Belmont Jr., the owner of the subway line that is now the sixth train line. And it is a car that he built to carry him and his very rich friends in luxury from Manhattan to Belmont's racetrack in Queens. Witnesses claim they have seen the silk curtains, the leather seats, and smell the smoke from the car's wood-burning stove in the air. And it is strongly suggested that you might not board the car should it arrive in front of you at the station because you never know when or if you will get off. Now, there are many ghost stations in the New York City subway system, of course. 
stations long closed where no train ever stops. You can glimpse them empty and dark, graffitied and filled with trash in the wan light of your car's lights as you pass them in the night. They are the domain of the alleged mole people who live beneath the city streets, emerging only to scavenge for food, clothing, and possibly flesh before retreating to their subterranean lairs. But the most famous of these ghost stations is also the most beautiful station ever built. The City Hall Station, again, at the end of the Six Line. Built as a showpiece of the system when it opened, it was closed in 1945 when the nearby Brooklyn Bridge Station opened. But you can see it as trains turn around and head uptown along the Six Line. And of course, tours of the station are a regular occurrence. And that is why so many people believe this most famous ghost station is itself haunted by our past, tormented by a message we don't understand. Well, in this case, it's actually supposed to be the ghost of the Lenape Indians who were massacred in a battle nearby. And it's said their spirits moan in the depths of the station until a, a shaman from the tribe can come and finally put them to their rest. Which is odd because there's no record of such a battle ever being fought nearby or indeed at all in the extensive records of New York City and New Amsterdam dating all the way back to the 1600s when the Dutch settled the area after purchasing the land from the Lenape. Then there's Mayor George B. McClellan, who was New York City mayor, opened the subway for the first time in 1904. George loved the subway, as he should. But legends say George loved the subway so much that he never left it. And there are those who believe that they have seen the specter of George B. McClellan at the controls of passing six trains forever, taking them between City Hall Station and 103rd Street. Way to go, George. Nicely done. Now, I don't put a lot of stock in this legend as the Transit Workers Union would never allow a non-union member to drive the trains. Now, over at Grand Central Station, the ghost of FDR's dog, Fala, is said to wander the station forever searching for FDR. If you should see a small black Scottish terrier in the bowels of Grand Central, don't be scared. It's only Fala who might lead you to FDR's secret train car parked on a sidetrack near the wall of Astoria Hotel, which is not a secret. It's not a passenger car. It's not at all associated with FDR and is actually no longer at the station, but at a railroad museum in Danbury, Connecticut, which, of course, in and of itself is horrifying in its own unique way. I'll stop playing that now. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by how little haunting there is on the subway. For all the cities over 400 year old, years old, Gotham is a baby compared to cities around the world are concerned. Boston now. Boston was founded in 1630, so it's got a few more years to gather up its ghost. So we'll head up to the Boylston Street Station on the Green Line. When it was being dug in 1895, the workers stumbled across a mass grave containing up to a thousand bodies purportedly a British military graveyard predating the revolution. And as the tea was already delayed and many folks were suspect of riding underground with the dead, the bodies were quietly moved to the nearby central burying ground on Boston Common. Even so, early trolley drivers reported grim-faced figures of red-coated soldiers along the walls of the tunnels as they passed. And then in 1897... 
a gas main exploded, killing ten more, trapping their souls beneath the historic city's common to join the ranks of the undead army below. But if you really want to get old, and you really want good subway ghost stories, it's over to London with over 2,000 years of constant human habitation, and that's the place to go for subway ghosts and pod friends. London does not disappoint. Like the Dominion Theater directly above the Tottenham Court Road station, the site of the Great London Beer Flood. A flood is coming. It spilled over 300,000 gallons of beer. Killed eight people in total. Five of them were actually at a wake for a little boy who had already died. But they were Irish, so dying at a beer flood probably wasn't the worst way for them to go. Many people report seeing the ghost of a young woman who was washed away in the great beer flood in the theater above the Tottenham Road station, which is not actually in the subway, but come on. How could I not mention a beer flood? My brother and I used to say that drowning in beer was like heaven, eh? Now he's not here and I got two stalkers. This isn't heaven, this sucks. Down in the Bethnal Green underground station, where 173 people died in a panic rush toward the exit during the Blitz. And now people say when the station is quiet, you can dimly hear the screams of the women and children as they were slowly crushed to death by the wall of bodies piling against them. We're over at the Holborn station near the British Museum. The spirit of an Egyptian mummy stalks the tunnels, demanding the return of the body to her resting place. Now this. This creature is the bringer of death. You will never eat. You will never sleep. You will never stop. It is, according to some, the spirit of Princess Amun-Ra that stalks the tube station wearing nothing but a loincloth and her headdress screaming in rage at frightened passengers. Her body was said to be said to be kept at the nearby British Museum. And that body now is said to be lost in the lid of her sarcophagus is all that remains, known as the unlucky mummy. At Covenant Garden, the ghost of actor William Terrace, murdered at the nearby Adelphi Theatre, has been spotted by many a London strap hangers. At King's Cross, the site of a tragic fire in 1987 that killed 31, the pale figure of a young woman is reported to sprint past commuters screaming, even passing through their bodies before disappearing. But my favorite story is the Black Nun of Bank Station. You see, it seems that one Philip Whitehead landed himself a job at the Bank of England way back in 1811. But alas, poor Philip, as they say across the pond, fell in with a bad lot and soon found himself penniless. So he began forging checks at the very bank where he worked. He was promptly caught and promptly hanged for his crimes. These guys weren't fucking around. Not much later, Philip's sister Sarah White had arrived from the country in search of her beloved brother and her inheritance, both of which were, of course, long gone now the bankers took pity on the poor girl his former co-workers gave her money and helped her find a place to stay look for work and such but soon she felt a madness and took to dressing in black so much that she became known as the black nun of the bank 
And as her madness grew deeper, she began standing in the bank, accusing the bankers of robbing her brother of their inheritance. Of course, she soon died, perhaps of grief, perhaps done in by someone who did indeed swindle her and her brother. And after her death, she continued to return to the bank and the nearby underground station when it opened, wearing her widow's weeds and wailing her grief and rage at those who wronged her and her brother. And to this day, in the quiet moments in the bank station, you can hear the bitter moans coming from deep in the black tunnels running beneath the earth. The Farrington Station has the ghost of a young hat maker murdered by her employer and dumped in the trench that was being dug for the tunnel. And she was said to scream in terror late in the nights far down inside the tunnels when the trains did not run. At Elephant Castle, the sounds of running footsteps echo along the platform and commuters report feeling the wind of someone sprinting past them, though no one is nearby. At Allgate Station, workers unearthed a plague pit from 1665 while digging the tunnels for the station. Hundreds lay interred, and now, people say, voices of children singing on the platform can be heard. And most bizarre, an electrician who was working near the third rail stumbled against the rail, yet he did not die from the massive dose of electricity because onlookers swore they saw the visage of a woman, pale and transparent, stroking the man's hair until rescuers turned off the power, and the man suffered only bumps and bruises from his brush with 600 volts and the angel of death. Before we leave London, there is one more tale. The tale of the Crystal Palace Park carriage. In 1978, while strolling the grounds of the Victorian Gardens turned exhibition grounds, festooned with statues of dinosaurs and other oddities, a woman was walking through the park when suddenly she stumbled into a hole in the ground. When no one heard her cries for help, she began following the tunnel where she'd fallen, only to find an antique rail car. Curious, she climbed aboard and peered inside, and in the dim light filtering from above, she was shocked to discover the car filled with the dead, dozens of them, all dressed in Victorian attire, seated in the rail car passenger compartment. Oh, <laughs> hell no! In terror, she fled back towards the light where she'd fallen in the first place, screaming for someone, anyone, to help her. Eventually, she was rescued, but none of the rescuers could find any trace of the ghost train in the tunnel. The tunnel itself is thought to be a long-lost pneumatic train built in 1864 and soon abandoned. So perhaps, just perhaps, this spectral car still rides its grim path. Of course, Boston, New York, and London are hardly the only subways in the world. Why, down in Buenos Aires, Argentina, the A-Line, the oldest underground train in South America, has its share of ghosts. You see, in the rush to finish the train in 1913, work continued around the clock, and sometimes accidents happened. Salvador Vaca and Antonio Salas, two Italian workers, were crushed when the tunnel walls suddenly collapsed on top of them. And of course, their death was covered up, but it came to light that the negligence and lax safety standards on the A-Line construction site led to their death. 
And riders today claim you can glimpse in the darkness as the train rushes past the spot where they died. Pale figures industriously working away for all of eternity. And workers say that while cleaning the trains after the subway operating hours, they hear footsteps and sometimes see the reflections of weathered faces in the windows of the train. But when they turn around, there's no one there. Other stories tell of the phantom bride of the line A, the spirit of a young woman who was either jilted at the altar or in some tales forced to marry against her will, who threw herself in the path of an oncoming train. Today, if newlyweds spot the bride, it is a bad omen for their marriage. Still others claim the voices of six killed in a bombing during a Juan Perón speech above the tunnels can be heard moaning about their endless afterlife in the darkness. And workers along the line claim they see dark figures moving in the shadows of their lights when they do maintenance beneath the spot where the six died. No word if the haunting strains of Madonna accompany the sightings, but, uh, you know, I-, I wouldn't rule it out. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Look, I'm doing my best with what I got here, people. Argentina jokes just don't write themselves. And then there's this from China that I picked up from a, webs- from a website called That's Magazine, written in October of 2020. Which I'd never heard of That's Magazine or this story. But you know what? I'm going to throw it in there anyway because it is about the subway. And it goes a little something like this, quote, To tell this tale, we turn the clocks back to 1965 when the Beijing Metro Line 1 began construction. According to a narrative from Zhu Zekuan in 2013 Global Times article, the early phases of the subway's construction were mired with problems including dangerous accidents and broken equipment. And as urban legend would have it, these issues were the result of vengeful homeless souls whose graves were destroyed while building the Metro line. In an effort to oust or appease these bitter spirits, monks were allegedly brought in to conduct ceremonies aimed at securing the blessing of the now restless ghost. The monks, in an effort to pacify the restless souls, promised the spirits that the metro would close before 11 p.m. And since 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. is the dead's time of rest. Honestly, who knew? According to the Global Times, the monks also promised to return the dead to their proper resting places. According to the story, the remainder of Line 1's construction went smoothly and no further issues were encountered. That is quite a story. I realize that this has been pretty city-centric, so I'm going to wrap it up with a few train tales from around the steel rails that made America. Like the ghost train of Boston Bridge! In 1891, the westbound Richmond and Danville number 9 was running behind schedule as it crossed the bridge at Statesville, North Carolina, and jumped the track. 22 would die as the cars tumbled over 60 feet into the water below! And when investigated, it was discovered that two men had pried the spikes holding down the rails. They were ultimately convicted and executed for their crimes. But ever since that day, residents report strange sightings of a train on the track where there shouldn't be a train. A train that looked far too old for the times. It would rumble, belching smoke and blowing whistles as it ran up to the bridge. 
And when it reached the point on Bastion Bridge where the number nine went over the side, it would disappear. If that's not frightening enough, the Richmond and Danville number nine train crash continues to claim victims to this very day. As recently as 2010, a 29-year-old man was killed and two others injured when they confused an actual train for the ghost of the Danville Nine and were struck by a very real and very corporeal LNN freight train. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Michael Freed, told me about the Church Hill Tunnel in Richmond. Built in 1873, the, cl- the tunnel claimed the lives of ten before it even opened. And things get worse from there. On October 2nd, 1925, a work train was in the tunnel doing re- routine maintenance with its crew when the entire tunnel suddenly collapsed, trapping four and entombing the train inside. Every attempt to recover the men in train would only cause more rubble to fall, and so it was decided that the tunnel would be sealed at both ends and it would be the grave of the men who died within. A little side story to this. It's said that as the rescuers were trying to reach the train when the collapse first occurred, they witnessed an unearthly creature with jagged teeth standing on top of the destruction. When they approached, the creature fled the scene and returned to its gravesite at the Hollywood Cemetery to a plot marked by the name of W.W. Poole. That creature would come to be known as the Richmond Vampire. Man, I hate playing vampire towns. Then there's the funeral train of Abraham Lincoln, which is said to ride the rails between Washington, D.C. and Springfield, Illinois, to this very day. It's said when Lincoln's death train rumbles past, lights flicker, watches and clocks stop until the train has gone from sight. Now... These are just American ghost stories. I went looking for something broader, something bigger, and that's when I found a website called scoopwhoop.com. And if that's not a reliable website, I don't know what is. Quoting now from scoopwhoop.com, Rabindendra Serabor Railway Station in Kolkata, also known as the Paradise of Suicide. This metro station has witnessed 70% of all the suicides that take place on metro tracks. Eerie figures appear and then vanish in a fraction of a second. Shadows move on the platform in the late evenings. Such occurrences are commonly experienced by commuters who travel the last metro train around 10.30 p.m. The Bishan MRT station in Singapore. This railway station infamously has witnessed several incidents that could send shivers down the spine. Being located near a cemetery, coffin bearers, headless figures, phantom passengers have all been spotted in or around the station. Perhaps most heart-pounding of all, people have heard footsteps on the roof of moving trains. Then there's Addiscombe Railway Station in England, where it is believed that a train driver who was killed on the track now roams 
those tracks. He, in spirit, has been accused of killing workers and even moving trains in the dead of the night when none should have been working. There is the Pantiano Station, Metro Station in Mexico City. Pantiano's Metro Station lives up to this name. Pantiano's, meaning graveyard, has an entire video that shows trains engineers hearing screams further along the track and workers claim that they have directly heard ghostly knocks and screams in the dark and a gray apparition appearing and disappearing every time the station closes. Finally, I leave you with the infamous San Antonio ghost tracks. According to legend, a school bus driver was returning home from a school trip after dark with a bus full of sleepy children sometime in the 1940s. It was on a cool and foggy night, which if you've ever been to San Antonio in the window, winter, is pretty much every night. As the bus pulled onto the tracks at Shane Road in the southeast corner of San Antonio, it stalled out. The bus driver opened the doors and peered into the foggy night, listening for the sounds of a train. Hearing nothing and seeing nothing, he begins to work on the bus to try and get it started again, when suddenly, to his horror, a freight train begins frantically blowing its horn. But it was too late for the train to stop or for the children to get off the bus. The train struck the bus at full speed, knocking away the driver and claiming the lives of 23 children. The 15 survivors faced a lifetime of serious physical injuries and emotional scars. There was, of course, an investigation, and the driver was cleared of any wrongdoing. Naturally, this did not assuage the guilt of the driver, who waited until the next foggy night, so much like the night that the accident happened. Pulls his car up on the same crossing waiting for another train. And as he hears the train approaching in the night, suddenly his car rolls uphill out of the path of the train and into safety. Confused, the driver gets out of his car and in the condensation on his trunk sees the outlines of child-sized handprints where the spirits of the children had pushed it out of the way from the oncoming train. Taking this as a sign, the children forgave him. The driver lives a long and happy life. And ever since then, drivers who pull onto those tracks and put their cars in neutral report that their cars roll uphill to the other side of the tracks. And many claim that if you dusted your car with talcum powder, you too could see the handprints of the ghost children who had pushed your car to safety. Now this is a great story. And many a teenager have replicated the experience. Unfortunately, there was no accident and the peculiarity of this crossing only makes it appears that cars roll uphill to the other side because it's actually a downhill grade. Regular old gravity makes them move. And on top of this, in 2018, Union Pacific, who owns the tracks now, completed a new sidetrack allowing trains to bypass the crossing entirely and removed the crossing in November of that year. And all traces of that crossing are gone, which keeps many a San Antonio teen from getting laid or at least touching boob because their girlfriends got scared. Uh, that's kind of a buzzkill. And in the end, isn't that what we're all frightened of? Not being able to touch boob. <laughs> 
Seriously, if you're on a train and you see either a mariachi band or the Showtime kids get on it, get off because life is too short and that shit is fucking horrifying. (laughs) That is it for our show this week. It's number two of Spooktacular 2021. I did the train motif because over on Patreon this week, we've got something actually special. It's an original audio drama written, directed, performed, and edited by me, and it's called... The Depot. You see, it's about this guy who gets on a late night subway train and arrives at an unexpected destination. And you could hear it all and all of our other specials for this year for just $1 at patreon.com slash what the hell podcast. We're really proud of what we're doing this year. So proud that I'm not even going to make the usual self-deprecating jokes I make about the show when I ask you to rate and review the show. I'm going to let Jeremy take the usual caveats at the end of the show and just say for me, driving that train high on cocaine, Bledsoe, producer, give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got no time to take a fast train. What the devil is this about? Gavin and all the fictional passengers on the last train to Clarksville, we want to say that outside another bloody red moon, has punched a hole in the chest of a screaming railroad brakeman and is dragging him down to hell because the dead ride the rails in this town. The dead ride the rails! We'll see you all next week. (laughs) Try so hard to break out of the little world Will you wave your hand and they scatter like crows? Yeah, they have nothing that will ever capture your heart. They're just thorns without the rose. Yeah, be careful of them in the dark. If I was one, you chose to be your only one. What the hell were you thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcast.